Exploring Art podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Mila Guzman. I'm very pleased to have Melissa Christina with me. Welcome to Exploring Art podcast. The case study discussed today is about Ambrose Villard, Suzanne, and a mix-up of different titles with different artworks. The case study goes, in his memoirs, Ambrose Villard, the 19th century art dealer, tells of putting a Suzanne painting of female nudes in an old frame for an exhibit, but forgetting to remove the title of the former canvas, Diana and Ection. The press described the work as Diana bathing and praised the picture of the goddess surrounded by her virgins. Shortly thereafter, Villard agreed to loan Suzanne's Temptation of St. Anthony to another exhibit. To his horror, he discovered that he had already sold the St. Anthony, so he sent the Diana and Axion instead. However, the title, The Temptation of St. Anthony, had already been entered in the catalog. The press, which had previously praised the noble qualities of Diana and her virgins, now praised the sly, beguiling smile in one of the daughters of Satan. Did the press make a mistake or did Villard? Are the titles a help or a hindrance in interpreting art? Postscript, Villard told the story to Zan, who was quite indifferent, saying that he had no curricular subject in mind at all and was just trying to render certain kind of movements. Was he right in his unconcern? So, to put into question and to analyze a little bit further who everyone is and their characters and who had the fault in this mistake, we're gonna look a little bit deeper into who everyone was, starting with Volard. Personally, I researched and I found out that Ambrose Volard, born the 3rd of July in 1866, was a French art dealer who was, in, was regarded as one of the most important dealers in the French contemporary art at the beginning of the 20th century. He is credited with providing exposure and emotional support to tons of unknown artists, including Paul Zazan, who was mentioned in this case study, along with other amazing artists like Pablo Picasso, Vincent van Gogh, and Louis Valtal. Vollard was also depicted in numerous portraits in his lifetime, so he was included in the art, even though he was an art dealer. As a result of his relationships with the, the relationships that he had that were so emotional and so close to all these artists during this time period and his influence on the careers. One of these paintings painted by Zazan in 1899 is the portrait of Ambrose Vollard. So you can tell he was pretty close to some of these people, including Zazan who was involved in this mix-up between Temptations of St. Anthony and the Diana and Actium painting. Do you guys know anything about Suzanne? I know a little something. Yeah? Let's see what I have written down. So what I know about Paul Suzanne is he was born in January 19th, 1839 in France, and he died in October 22nd, 1906. He was a French painter and one of the greatest of all post-impressionists 
and influenced by Cubism. He's also famous for his many still lifes and portraits, including Madame Suzanne in a red armchair. And one of my favorite quotes of his is, I seek to render perspective only through color. That's nice. That's really nice. Cubism around that time, Pablo Picasso, there around the same era, he also made a bunch of, of artworks. I mean, I got to know Pablo Picasso and Cubism through that. I didn't know Paul Cezanne was also involved in that same time period and was that close and did that same type of art up until this case study, actually. I think it's also said, since we're on the topic of his specific art, not just that he was French and where he came from. I also read that Suzanne's off, he often had a repetitive exploratory brushstrokes that are highly characteristic and clearly recognizable. So his work of art was very easy to, um, to pinpoint to him. He had very unique art and he used planes of color and small brushstrokes that build up to form complex fields. So that was his style. Aside from being involved in the late 19th century Impressionism and, of course, the Arctic, artistic inquiry of Cubism, which we know from also Pablo Picasso, he had a very complex way of, of painting, like his own technique. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I, very, I very much think that uh, Cezanne, how he worked, definitely was like something that was its own thing back at the time when he was doing it. It was definitely his own style and it seems to have definitely influenced the art of uh, modern day now and uh, artists that came after him, especially considering that uh, how he worked was in very general shapes not so much realistic, which is how like a lot of people like to work nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right now in modern times, we are a bit stuck on people consider good art as very realistic art. Back, back then, I feel like very good art doesn't necessarily have to be ultra realistic. It has to have what Suzanne had, which is complex brushstrokes, different colors that would build up, very characteristic. Um, it just showed like his, his deep understanding of art and his deep passion. And he had um, something special, he had his own style. And that's why we're talking about him today, aside from um, what Vollard did, which was change out the titles so he wouldn't look bad at, in front of the press. But it says uh, in the postscript that Villard told a story to Suzanne about the mix-up between Temptations of St. Anthony and the Diana Bathing work. Yet Suzanne was indifferent. For someone who's so passionate and seems so involved in their work of art, why do you think... It's a great question. I feel like, why do you think he was indifferent, saying that he, had, he didn't really mind? He didn't really... He wasn't concerned, as said here. Do you think he should have been concerned considering it was his work of art that was titled completely incorrectly and taken differently by the press? Or does, do you think he just didn't care because 
he just cared about expressing his art. He didn't care about how other people perceived it, especially if the title had nothing to do with his original title. I actually think this is more of a case of he didn't consider this this specific piece of art to be anything very important since uh, it says so right in the in the case study he was only trying to render certain types of movements so this was probably more of just a a, a study for him of uh, the of people how people move how people look like in certain positions in certain places mm-hmm. because I remember researching Zan and trying to find the differences between all of his artworks. I realized that he's painted multiple and multiple, like tens and tens of different uh, nude women, like just bathing. Like that was for him, it might have been just one more of those paintings. It wasn't his life's work or the self portrait that he spent forever on. I don't, I'm not sure, but. I would say that since he painted so many of them, it was just one more version. And of course, if you're painting naked women, you know, why wouldn't sometimes people like interpret it in a devilish way instead of an innocent, innocent way when one little detail could throw it off completely? Yeah, I could add something to that as well, because back then, you know, Painting women was something of pleasure for men to do. And, you know, religion was, had a big part in that century where the Roman religion was, it was very, how you say? Conservative, perhaps? Religious? Yeah. And Diana and Acteon was a Roman religion mythology and the story behind Diana that she was a goddess and Acteon was the person who um, found her bathing in a river and because of what he saw she was shocked that someone found her you know revealed in that way and it was very you know any woman would be like oh my god some guy saw me right yeah yeah but that shows you know she seemed in that sense Mm -hmm. but if you since they put the title temptations of saint anthony the word temptation typically refers to uh for example the the sin of lust which is what I think a lot of people interpreted it as since they just went by the title instead of analyzing the artwork deeper. They just, they use the title and clung onto it a little bit too much. And I think they just hopped on the, the sin of lust, which is what Temptations is, is saying instead of, yeah, Diana, that she was just this innocent woman bathing with her, uh, with the nymphs. She's a goddess actually. And the hunter just, of acting just burst through the doors and she she must have been shocked she was surprised yeah because of that she turned him into a deer so he could be eaten by his own hounds <laughs> yeah no you can tell she that was disrespectful she wasn't committing the sin of of lust she may have been surprised by 
an uninvited visitor that invaded their personal space and uh, only female time, let's say, because they're bathing. So it's only for females, no, no males allowed. So I think she did right because he was being disrespectful. But the title framed her and those nymphs as a completely different, different way. And every artist has their own way of, of interpreting that specific story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So perhaps that's why Zazan wasn't that worried about it. Because whoever was making the mistake of commenting this painting as having sly or beguiling smiles as, you know, one of the daughters of Satan, they were, they weren't truly interpreting the art as it was. They were looking at it through the lens of, of a title. So he knew what, what art he made. He knew what he was trying to express. And I think he was calm with that. He had his own self-reassurance and the, that the people actually, another type of people, they would recognize that as that art. But in that specific exhibition, the press did make that mistake when they interpreted that art. Because he was clearly telling a completely different story if it wasn't for the title mix-up, which was Villard's fault. It seems to me that um, with uh, this this situation in particular, none of it really, none of the blame really falls on Cezanne, even, even though you might think it's his paintings, he has to have some responsibility, but the, the person who actually distributed them was Vollard, not him. Yeah, so and Vollard could have called the catalog, he could have told the press that he made a mistake, but he chose not to let the public know that he made a mistake. So he just stuck with it. And Zazen wasn't really that upset about it either. So lesser reason to correct that mistake. Yeah. This... He, as an dealer, that probably would have looked bad, you know, knowing that he didn't have his art correctly organized before selling it to a different exhibition. He promised something to someone and then he, he had already sold that painting. So he had to cover himself up he just did what, what he did. Yeah, and with um, with Cezanne uh, specifically, there there really is no blame to be put on him. So there, it makes sense that he wasn't really worried. But uh, if you think about it in sort of a cultural sense, mm -hmm. it 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 is a little. Um, it is, it is a little shocking that he wouldn't be a little worried in terms of that aspect because this this completely changes uh, how people view one of his specific paintings. Yeah. I wonder how many times that does happen. Like, for example, in chapter three, it reminded me of when we read, when I read that it says that in page 72 that in response to those who, like the Dean of School of Agriculture in the beginning of this chapter, complain that art objects are not very efficient vehicles for communicating knowledge, 
Some theorists, particularly in the 19th and 20th century, have proposed that art is an expressive of human feelings and insist that that way that art teaches us about emotions that cannot be learned another way. So maybe art does teach us about certain emotions, but then again, art, again, as mentioned, is not the best efficient vehicle for communicating certain types of knowledge because we don't know how many times they've made mistakes in this. So it is hard interpreting art sometimes because we don't know what got mixed up along the way of its background, its true painter, um, the true story behind what the artist was trying to paint or the title. Like, for example, this, this story, like the art dealer messed up the title. So now the interpretation of the art can be completely different just from that one fact. So it kind of like damages the, the solidity of a type of artwork because there's a lot of factors that go into it the same way that the way history is told. You have to see it from which what's from what side of, of, of the story is history being told. Are we seeing it from the native Indians that got their land taken away or the white savior complex? Like we have to see who wrote that history book from like who's benefiting from that story or who made that piece of art trying to tell a story and an art dealer just sold it as a copy or for something else due to their, them benefiting off of it. Agree. And my interpretation of this story is that Volard is at fault for forgetting to switch the titles of the painting. The public was falsely misled and went with their own understanding. The titles are important because they help to interpret art the way the artist sees it. It is second nature to connect the title to the painting. So the press was not at fault since they were just doing their job. Art can still have meaning, interpretation and imagination without titles. But if a specific painting was meant to have a specific title sent to an art exhibit, this whole situation got confusing, which was Villard's fault for not being observant. Yes, I, I agree with you, Christina. That's a great way to answer the case studies question. And in my opinion, which I agree with you as well, as well, is that, yeah, I don't think the press necessarily made a mistake. I think Villard was the careless and culpable art dealer that was in charge of making sure that the correct painting and title is published. He was careless with selling a painting he promised someone else, an exhibition nonetheless with misleading titles. Although the actual painting is what people focus on the most when figuring out what the artist was trying to express or what story was being told, a title gives us a hint and, an, and or an insight to what the painting is about. And then again, the artist picks a title. The artist picks a title in a way that gives us a hint or is what it's part of the painting, the title, in my opinion. Therefore, a title is important and part of the artwork and the way it should be interpreted. So it helps interpret art. It shouldn't be a hindrance, but it does create a budge when selfish people or careless people like Villard make that type of mistake. What about you, Melissa? What's your take on that final question from the case study? Well, with the title specifically, 
yeah, I agree. They do give some context as to what the artist intended to make with the 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 specific piece of art. And I do do agree that sometimes people uh, tend to lean on the title too much uh, to find a meaning. Um, Mm -hmm. How okay. No. However, there is they don't, um, they are important. I mean, they're not everything, definitely yeah. as you mentioned, but they do have some importance, some some value attached to the art. Yes, exactly. That's um, a title can be very important, especially in this case. We see how important it was, but uh, in spe specifically like um artworks that have like some historical or cultural meaning the the title is very helpful in determining what at least in a, like generally what the piece is about yeah especially when it's not a, a vague title like the person's name or something that this one was specifically titled incorrectly temptations of saint anthony which does give which is a pretty lengthy title which can give a lot of insight to specifically it's again it created a lot of impact so all in all i feel like we all have agreed that Villard is the one uh, that was at fault in general, at the end of this case study, the, the whole situation was in general his fault, even though the press had took the title and ran with it. And even though Suzanne wasn't really that worried, and even though a title isn't the entire artwork, it does hold importance. And Ballard made that careless mistake. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us so much today, Christina and Melissa. This was a wonderful discussion. I really appreciate it. And this concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious.